Hi, this is Tom Barbelay, just recording uh, a little apology podcast associated with last night's recording. Unfortunately, there were problems with Blog Talk Radio. I'm currently testing out TalkShoe. This um, this call is being recorded on TalkShoe for the purposes of uh, testing the technology and potentially using TalkShoe in the future rather than Blog Talk Radio. I'd like to thank uh, Bruce Damer and Jeffrey Ventrella in particular for calling in last night, and I'm really sorry that the call was lost. But to give an update for folks uh, who wanted to, to get a sense of the proceedings, uh, the first part of the call related to Bruce talking about the Evo Grid and his future developments of the Evo Grid in terms of summoning the Evo Grid, which is a narrative that's been discussed through Biota Live for uh, a few shows, but uh, Bruce is now formally speaking summoning the Evo Grid as being the method that he's going to use into the future associated with the Evo Grid development. And for folks not familiar with the summoning the Evo Grid idea, to date, Bruce has travelled the world uh, talking about the Evo Grid and introducing it to a number of interested parties, folks such as uh, Freeman Dyson, for example. And this method has been relatively useful to him. How it fits into the structure of PhD in the future is to be defined. But uh, following last night's show, Bruce sent me a, a video of the latest Evo Grid uh, ideas, which relates to. Um, creating a simulated asteroid, creating life on that simulated asteroid, and then taking the information from the Eurogrid simulation and putting it in a rocket to fabricate on the asteroid. Uh, and this will no doubt be a, a video that will be available to the public very shortly. We then, as we had the benefit of Jeffrey Ventrella on the call, we then talked a little bit about Jeffrey's attendance of the ACAL conference in Australia in December of this year, Jeffrey is going to be doing a special panel on planetary simulation, and he started with a glider simulation, and then we talked at some length about the experiences that I'd had with Planet Noble 8, the idea that an intelligent agent on a planetary simulation actually produces a lot of very interesting side effects depending on how you actually map the uh, the agent onto the planet and how the agent can move around the planet. I gave two real-world examples, one related to my brother in Australia and how he uses his TomTom GPS device in order to find the shortest possible route where the shortest possible route isn't a spatial thing but it is in fact a temporal thing. The TomTom uh, -tom device has some sense of the traffic conditions and optimizes his route based on the traffic conditions. This is in fact quite far removed from our own kind of spatial understanding, but it gives a very interesting mapping. And I gave an anecdote with regards to, uh, you know, driving between two points and going a completely different route, what appeared to be almost counterintuitive, but something that was optimized based on the route conditions. Similarly, I also discussed the idea of uh, international flight, uh, where crossing the poles is in fact faster than going in the direction that would appear to be the fastest through linear mapping, uh, as, as you see in kind of flat maps of the Earth. And the point back, which uh, Jeffrey and I discussed at, at some length, was the idea that the agent's understanding of the environment is based on uh, the size of the environment and also the, the perception of uh, space fundamentally. We talked a little bit about how scientists that study the Earth as a whole probably have a better understanding associated with uh, the, these kind of uh, space components than standard humans kind of wandering the Earth as we wander. But I think what came through all this discussion was that 
the use of the artificial life simulation in the spherical environment is is ultimately uh, you know, what defines the insight that can come from this. And certainly I think uh, my discussion with Jeffrey promoted his own thinking uh, in terms of how he could describe the intelligent agent case and how in particular the, the mapping coordinates, and this is co coordinate mapping, the two examples I gave were planar spherical where you have a 2N by N uh, map that is then wrapped around a sphere, obviously, with the, the top and bottom points being the... Uh, the discontinuities versus a cube mapping uh, where you have a six-sided cube which is then kind of puffed out to become the sphere uh, and obviously the discontinuities occur at the points of the, the cube. So we then moved to talk about uh, the ideas of pandemic simulation and what artificial life could teach the general public and this related specifically to the swine flu uh, but also just a kind of broader sense that artificial life was a remarkably useful teaching tool in terms of pandemic analysis. Uh, and we then talked about uh, education and how artificial life can be used as a, a very useful tool with regards to kind of K-12 education and also obviously uh, tertiary level education as well. We concluded with some discussion about how pets and the interaction with the um, you know, the real world that we get through animals and plants uh, impacts our artificial life development. As you can see, it was a full hour of uh, wonderful conversation, and it really is a pity that the show was lost through Blog Talk Radio. However, hopefully TalkShoe will do a, a slightly better job, and we can use TalkShoe in the future as the means of recording these uh, these podcasts, because obviously... Uh, just, you know, getting two or three artificial life developers together to have a, a bit of a chinwag seems to produce a lot of uh, interesting insight. So anyway, this is an apology recording. Uh, Tom Barbelay signing out. This may be the future of bio to life.